Welcome to the Pawn Shop Chronicles. to the gruesome twosome movie, movie review with Jess and, and Emily. Emily. <laughs> We're actually She's back together. She's back. We exist in the same world. We do. We are back together. We are reunited. It has been a very, very long time. But in that space, we have watched a lot of films. We have. Um, especially <laughs> Ebony. <laughs> yes, I have. Ebony got the vid. So she's clear from the vid. Thank God. And now we are back together. We've yes. still got a little bit of a cough, but it's not a vid cough. Thank no. fuck for that. I'm all naked I'm safe. Time. Yeah, and she's, she's safe too. I'm actually here just to get you sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then we can watch movies forever together. <laughs> so this week, my darlings, we did something a little bit different, something that maybe not a lot of people have oh, heard no. about. We have done the movie Pawn Shop Chronicles, which in America is Hustlers. Oh, is that where it is? Because yeah. I Googled it and oh. it came up as Hustlers and I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah, Hustlers in, <laughs> I think it's just America, but we, Typical. We, we've got it as the Pawn Shop Chronicles, <laughs> which I think the Pawn Shop so Chronicles is so much better than Hustlers. Hustlers just sounds like then a... It doesn't match the film anyway. Hustlers sounds like Vin Diesel crime film. <laughs> it's like Triple X or something. Yeah, exactly. That's what, like, exactly what I get from it. So the whole premise of this movie is um, a pawn shop and the items that come into the pawn shop. Um, it's kind of like a hillbilly pulp fiction in a way where it's like three stories that intertwine into uh, the other stories um, and, and kind of make sense at, at the end. Um, so let's just jump straight, straight in. in. So we open up the movie with... Two pawn shop owners, Elton and Johnson, and who are the best part of this whole film? Um, El- Elton is oh my god, I can never it, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes, Vincent D'Onofrio from Law and Order. Yeah, I just know him from Law and Order. <laughs> I pretty much just know him from Law oh, and Order. Oh, and but, um, um, Chained. Yes, Chained. And he was also in um, oh my god, I've got mental bike. Men in Black. Yes, but not what I was thinking. <laughs> Full metal jacket. No. <laughs> Just get his whole, like, filmography out of the way. IMDb, yeah. Um, no, it was another It was another horror movie. Um, we should know this. The latest ring. Oh, yeah, he's in rings. The, he's, like, blind or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. Yeah. 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 So, uh, <laughs> and it. then we've got um, his friend Johnson, um, who I don't know who he is. But they are kind of like um, Vincent and Jules in Pulp Fiction, where they, they, their dialogue bounces off one another, and it's it's you know talking about ridiculous, ridiculous things stories. like in Pulp Fiction, it's like Royale with cheese or 
foot fucking, foot, not foot fucking, but foot oh. massages. But it gets to like I that mean, it's Tarantino, it. so he may as well yeah. say foot fucking. But like in, in this one, it's like the first conversation that they're having is about black Santas. They've got a black, <laughs> they've got a black Santa at the door, and they're like talking about like why don't you like him and all this. But it's just their dialogue's really, really quite interesting to me. Um, and then Elton is like talking about this guy that. Um, when he like drives to work, who's like in this huge black truck, who's been following, following him, and he's like this madman. And then he goes on to the next story of saying that his brother, and this is like what I picked up on last night. Uh, his Elton's brother had opened a pawn shop out west and was found dead in the basement. And in Pulp Fiction, Maynard, Maynard's pawn shop, um, Maynard is. I'm guessing his brother because Maynard was found dead, dead in the in basement, basement with Lord. Zed. <laughs> so there's kind of like a little tie in there. It's hasn't been like officially stated. Yeah, there's nothing that's come out as like an official statement saying this is to do with Pulp Fiction or yeah. this isn't to do with Pulp Fiction. It's but there is some very obvious uh, links yes. throughout the film. Mm-hmm. that you know you can easily whether they meant it or not i mean i'm sure they did but yeah. it's it's very obvious that it's homage to pulp fiction yeah it's like a, a, a out west or out south south actually yeah south <laughs> in the south <laughs> the gators. that's where we're going today the accents are back again <laughs> here we go <laughs> just before we full dive into it um just want to say that at the beginning there's a van that goes past and in that van there's a girl in the back with her hands on the windows now just remember that because we're going to get back to that eventually in the story later down track so the first story is the gun and it's the shotgun the shotgun um and in this story we've got vernon raw dog randy stanley and lamar so it starts off in this scene with a little junkie called Vernon who goes to pawn his shotgun for fuel money. And I love this because he needs the shotgun because they're going to rob someone for their meth. But at the same time, he needs fuel money to get to the meet up where they're meeting up. The whole scene of him walking up to Fucking pawn shop though, oh. and he's got it on him, and they're like, they're shooting. Yeah, he's like, like, oh no, I oh, just no. want to pawn it. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna shoot no one. <laughs> so he fucking tries to to bargain with him, and I love it because he's like, fifty dollars, no, forty dollars, no, no. thirty dollars. <laughs> it's the worst bargaining. He's just not even bargaining. He's nah. just naming prizes. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> he, he gets rid of his gun and um, he goes to meet up with his friend Raw Dog in the middle of this field. Field. And Raw Dog is sitting on his car and Raw Dog's Paul Walker as well. Um, so Raw Dog's mm. sitting on his car and he's tweaking hard from meth. And he thinks at one point that his car, like sets a light and is on fire and he's just freaking out and um at that point vernon rocks up and he's like why the 
fuck are we in a field? And he's like, <laughs> because that's what they do in these <laughs> in these like gangster films and stuff. <laughs> like they go out into the middle of nowhere and plan their attack. And um, Raw Dog's like, where's the shotgun? <laughs> he's like, I pawned it to get fuel money. <laughs> he's like, why? I could have come and picked you up, and we could have still had the shotgun. <laughs> so now we've got no murder weapon at all. And then. Fucking out of nowhere, new character comes in, Randy comes in in Randy's huge truck and just runs Vernon over. (laughs) And I have seen this scene so many times that I still jump every time. The very first time I've ever seen the film and I lost it. Mm. I was just like, the fuck am I watching? I know. It's just, it it comes in very hot, this film. And so... Rodog's like, what the fuck? And Randy comes out of the truck. He's like, Vernon stole my eighty dollars. And he's like, no, he, <laughs> he didn't. didn't. He's like, how do you know this? He's like, because he just pawned the shotgun because he had no fucking fuel, fuel money, and he's got no drugs on him either, so he hasn't stolen the money. Poor Vernon's lying on the ground, <laughs> fucking <laughs> coughing <Bloody>. up blood. <laughs> <laughs> and they just like pretty much leave him there. Because they've got they've got shit to do. They need to they need to go. They got get, busy lives. Okay. Yeah, they need to go get their meth. They're freaking the fuck out. So Randy and Raw Dog are also white supremacists. <laughs> Probably like the what? nicest white supremacists I've ever seen. Most white supremacists on the planet. Yeah. So <laughs> they um they go to um one of their other friends um Lamar. And they're like, yep, yeah, Lamar's got it. So they go and visit Lamar. And I love Lamar so much. He's just like this meth head who like, he's drinking from his silly straw and watching his shows and whatnot. And they come in, they're just like, you stole my $80. He's like, no, no, I didn't. That was Vernon. Well, Vernon didn't have the $80 on him. Oh, I guess I did. Did that. <laughs> We're gonna fuck you up so much, Lamar. <laughs> and he's just like, oh no, please don't. <laughs> like, he's just he's so straight. So he's mellow. So like, off he doesn't in give his own a shit. Nah. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, we're gonna go get some weapons and stuff and we're gonna come back and we're gonna we're gonna smash you up. And when they're in the car, they're like, Why why are we white supremacists? And they they're not even quite sure why they are because they've got black friends and they like the blacks. And this, the best line is um Oh, when I have to leave my card game to go to my white supremacist meeting, I, I I think they understand it. Like, they've got a whole lot of black friends. They've got gay <laughs> friends. This is talking about, like, but all these actors have a Jewish, so how, and they, you know, they really like oh, all the Jewish actors. I have three Adam Sandler movies <laughs> yeah. at home. Did you know he was a Jew? Jew? <laughs> Jesus was a Jew. <laughs> Go to mass every Sunday and yeah. bloody Jew. <laughs> Praying to the king of the Jews. <laughs> so they realise we're not really white supremacists. But the only reason that they stay white supremacists is because they like the snacks that they give out at the meetings. We've <laughs> <laughs> such like a childish sense of like Those little smoked life. hot dogs. I love those little smoked hot dogs too. <laughs> I would not be going to any of those meetings. <laughs> I don't know why it's a premises meeting for No it. way. I'll just go to the shop and buy my own. Thank you very much. <laughs> so after they um they leave Lamar's and they have that conversation, they like go into the woods and 
They find this man taking a shit. They just steal his bow and arrow. <laughs> and they're so just casual. like, see you later. <laughs> yeah, I know. They go, man, did you have to steal it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so now they've got their, their weapons to go rob Stanley. And Stanley is like the town's meth hooker. <laughs> Stanley is played by Norman Reedus. <laughs> you don't see his face, though. So, um... So they've got they've got their their bows and arrows, but just before we go to Stanley's, we go back to Vernon, who is just lying there on the ground, bleeding, not, not full dying anymore. But he he gets up and this truck appears and this truck's coming at him, kind of like the way Randy came in. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, he's coming hot. I'm sitting here just like, oh my god, not he's again, not over again, <laughs> go again, and um. The person that gets out of this vehicle is called the man. the man. And I, in my representation of this, the man, the man's all in black. He's like a cowboy, um, you know, smoking his cigarette. Very John Wayne. Um, mm, very John Wayne. Very John Wayne. His belt buckle had, he's got like this gold belt buckle, but on the belt buckle is a cross and him, like an actual cowboy. On the belt buckle. I didn't pick up on that. And I picked on, up on the cross. I didn't remember the cowboy. One arm he had... Uh, the death. angel of death. And then on the other arm he had just like a normal angel. So there was like a really pretty... Oh, uh, see, I didn't pick up on angel, that either. And there was the angel of death. I really death. need to watch this like multiple times. Oh, I think this is like the... <laughs> like seventh or eighth, I think you no, said. I think this is the fourth or fifth time that I've watched this. Okay. Um... And, like, we were pausing at heaps as yeah. well just because we were, like, we, we know about the story and yeah. where we're going. But there would have to be so many little Easter eggs There's in the There's so eye. many little things that are out so the I've probably missed so many as well. I've definitely missed some. I've missed, yeah. like, six just then. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, they um, the man gets out of the car and he's like, oh, I'm here for, for salvation and... Vernon's explaining how his friends left him for dead and now he wants to get the ultimate revenge. And the man goes back to his car and pulls out this gorgeous shotgun. Oh, it's like this blinged out, like, was it gold or something? It was like pure silver shotgun Mm. and it was like glistening. It was so pretty. And he gives it to Vernon and is pretty much like, go get your revenge um, and your salvation back. So then we go to the next scene, which is the the robbery, the robbery from Stanley. <laughs> so they, they needed masks to go rob Stanley. And I love Randy, this so much. Randy has his mask, and it's just like a normal balaclava, and so he puts it on. He's like rad, awesome, and he turns to to Raw Dog, and Raw Dog's got the mask, the clown mask from Slipknot. <laughs> Randy's got a fear of clowns. <laughs> and so he starts crying. <laughs> He's like, you're not going in with that fucking mask. Grown ass man, white supremacist method <laughs> is absolutely terrified of clowns. <laughs> so anyway, they've got like no other mask, so they kind of have to use the mask. And they go in so hot into Stanley's, like they've got no game plan or anything. They go straight into no Stanley's. Idea what doing. And like if we, we all know what meth heads are like. They're, they're alert. They're like, you know, 10 steps ahead of everyone around them, especially in their surroundings. Especially fucking selling it and making it. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
So as soon as they go in, they've already got a gun pointed <laughs> at them. And I'm sorry, but like gun totally beats bow and arrow. <laughs> so straight away, Stanley's like, Randy, is that you? <laughs> like these are two of his customers that he sees like almost every day. <laughs> and then Randy's like, nope, nope, nope it's not me. Not me. <laughs> it's not me. And then Randy turns to Raw Dog and says, Raw Dog. Raw dog. And then he's like, you just said my name, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> and because the bow and arrows that they've got, they're not the wooden ones. They're like the the steel bow and arrows. Yeah. And if you've ever had one of these steel bow and arrows, they're really tough to pull back. And if you're keeping it pulled back, you're going to shake. Like, they're really, they're really strong. Hard, yeah. So, Raw Dog accidentally points his bow and arrow <laughs> to Randy and shoots Randy. <laughs> So now Randy's got this bow and arrows room, and as that happens, Vernon rocks up. Oh, this scene. So before we even get into it, like what happens, the camera work mm-hmm. in this scene yeah. is just like it triumphs everything. Oh, it's so good. It's one of the coolest action scenes I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's so quick. <laughs> it is so quick, isn't it? It's so quick. So, yeah, when, when Rand, um, not Randy, sorry, when uh, Vernon, Vernon comes in, he's, like, pretty much like, you left me for dead. <laughs> Randy's like, Vernon, I have an arrow through me. And he's like, I don't care. <laughs> and so he just starts shooting, shooting. up the whole place. And but like, this gun, like, puts the biggest fucking holes. Oh, doesn't it? it has, <laughs> These people go flying. And it has so many rounds as well, mm. which makes me believe, like, this is the gun from, from God or, or Lucifer, a fallen angel or something like that. I'm mm. going to have to look more into it because there's just so many, like, little hints here and yeah. there. It's not spot on, you know? Yeah. It's, it's it's telling you something, but it's telling you, like, through riddles. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, he has so many shotgun rounds, and um, yeah, when when you're around meth and the cookery <laughs> of meth, <laughs> probably wouldn't be uh, no, not shooting ideal. A shotgun around, that's for sure. Anyway, you can probably guess the whole fucking house explodes. The whole house blows up into smithereens. Everybody's dead, <laughs> and then we've got our next scene. So. Once that's happened, it goes into a completely Please. different feeling, and you're like, okay. So <laughs> you you feel like you're watching a completely different film. Like after this, I reckon oh. it's just the premise of this next story is is really so so different. Like when I first watched this movie, <clears throat> I did not see any of this coming. No, I did not see like, any of this. Like coming. I said before, this is the first time I've ever seen it, and yeah. there's no way in a million years mm. would I have guessed. The next story. No. Not in a million years. No way. But before we get to that story. Yeah. There's the bit that you missed mm-hmm. where they're showing um, Elvis oh. is on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Elvis impersonator is on TV. Yeah. And he's in the interview. Oh my God. It's yeah. just like, the interview was like. So clearly all the king thing goes, yeah, I'm the KKK. No! Don't say that! KKK all the way. And then he's like, no, 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 no. But the king, 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 you're like, maybe not. I love it. And he's in these bloody lights. Lights is that too. So 
We've got this impersonator, Elvis, who is played by Brendan Fraser. Fraser. I love Brendan Fraser so much. And he's the shonkiest Elvis impersonator And he's throughout the whole film. Like, he's pretty much... He's, I'd say he's, other than the porn job bonus, he's the biggest link between all the stories because he Hugely. just pops up in every every yeah like through every scene he'll he'll pop up here and yeah. there but not for a very very long time no until the ending then that's like the last it's story own, is his yeah. story um but he is he's got this girlfriend called Teresa who's played by Ashley Simpson and I was so random but I really liked her in this like I really really liked her in this you see her much. You don't see her much, but when um, there's a scene that I'm coming up to yeah. later, which I think she, she's just great in. But yeah, his his suit's dirty. He's, he's got like gross. an Elvis medallion who he claims was you know his Elvis, actual medallion, actually yeah. Elvis's. Um, his hair is disgusting. Like you can smell him. Everything you can. Smell him. <laughs> you can, you can. <laughs> yeah. That's the best way to describe him. You like, can smell him off cigarettes and and waffles. <laughs> I said off cigarettes and shit, but off, that's just because of a... Off cigarettes and squid McMuffins. <laughs> <laughs> that is the diner yeah, that they go with. That's the diner. That's the diner <laughs> So, so we'll get back to Elvis, but yeah. So he's pretty much saying, um, I'm playing at the, 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 the county, county fair. And uh, he's going to be doing his show and gonna everyone huge, come down. It's going to be and, yeah, and so he, he kind of feels like a little bit of a celebrity in the town. Um, but before we get to his story, we have the second story, which is The Ring. And in The Ring, uh, we have Matt Dillon, who is like the main character of this. And if you know me and Ebony very well, we kind of can't look at Matt Dillon the same after after watching The House That Jack Built. <laughs> that, that's that's later down the track yeah. we're doing that film again because there's so much we have to talk about. I have to wait a bit before I watch it again. <laughs> we watch that again? I've seen it twice It could be like December. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot to Disturbing take December. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Oh, God. Just the fact of, like, reliving Grumpy all over again. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> so, in this scene, Matt Dillon plays Richard, who has just gotten married to a woman called Sandy. Uh, they come to the pawn shop. They have run out of money. All their money's been hacked. Um, so they just need some money to get to uh, Florida where they're honeymooning. Land of Florida. A land of Florida. <laughs> and um, they pawn Sandy's ring to get some extra cash. Um, but while they're there, Richard looks in one of the cases and he sees a ring and he... Loses it. Loses it. He, like, completely changes and tells his wife, Sandy, to go wait outside. Mm. And there's, like, this streak that just comes through him. And he he asks Elton, where, where did you get this ring? And Elton, you know, being the owner of a pawn shop, really can't tell people mm. uh, information about other, other clients or anything like that. Uh, to where Richard says, you know, if you tell me this, I will give you this ring uh my my wife's wedding ring and also um my 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 car yeah that's right yeah so you know elton being the businessman that he is says deal and says that the person that brought it in was a man by the name of jj (laughs) so richard goes looking for jj and just leaves his wife oh my god like she's just 
just there. It's just like, fuck off, really. I feel so sorry for Sandy, man. The way he does it, though, because he's in the car and then she's like, just tell me what's going on. I'm your wife. And then he's like, not the only one or something, isn't it like? Yeah, he's just like, she's like, I'm your wife. Where are you going? Like, I already have Have a wife. wife. That's it. So he explains that the ring that he found, which is like, it's really it's an interesting ugly ring. looking ring. It's like the diamond and then like blue and green. Yeah. And it's got engravings in it of their names. And he explains Horrible. that that was his wife's ring and that his wife disappeared. And he knows that she wouldn't just have left. Yeah, she disappeared out of the garage or something, I think yeah, you said. There was yeah. blood on the driveway. Mm. Um, so he knows that she wouldn't have just left. But um he had that custom made and now it's, you know, eight states away in this pawn shop. Yeah. And when it's he like, grabbed, what the fuck? Yeah. When he grabbed the ring and saw the engravings in it, he was just like, all right, yeah, it's definitely the ring. Um, so he goes on a search to go find or, you know, figure out what happened to his wife. Uh, so, yeah, he goes to JJ's and JJ's works at this uh, diner. And just as we're about to get to the diner, uh, Richard pulls up to this that huge truck that he's mm. been taunting Elton, and <gasps> this truck just like is huge, just plays like, like death metal, metal. <laughs> like and like hoisted the windows, up, hoisted all the way up, and... tinted windows, and anyway, so <laughs> the truck goes past him, and he kind of just waits. I like that that he just sits there. He's he like, just yeah, looks at it. <laughs> yeah, just go, just go. <laughs> um, so he gets to this diner and. As we go into the diner, there's a man in white standing at the diner door. And he kind of moves out the way and we go through the doors. And there is Ricky, the Elvis impersonator, and Teresa. And they're sitting at the diner having a coffee. And he's trying to sell the two tickets to the fair for free meals. He's trying to get eggs. And the woman's Mm. like, we don't accept any of that. We accept cash. And he's like, oh, well, you know, how about I... And he tries to keep sweeping She's like, the deal. So you're going to pay for the coffee? I'll give you these two tickets. Yeah, I'll give you two like, tickets oh, for the coffee. Oh, you can give me dollar sixty-five. Yeah, <laughs> and he doesn't even have a dollar sixty-five. And he's like, uh, just take this, uh, just take, like, the small change I have and take the two tickets. And she's like, just just keep everything. Like, mm. <laughs> just keep it all. Like, this is my Yeah, so after that, they go outside and his girlfriend's like, I'm leaving you up. Um, you know, you are not the man that I thought you were going to be. And, like, they can't even support themselves. I'm (laughs) tired of doing this. Yeah, and he's not giving up this dream to be the king. He is, like, dead set on that he He is the king. He is the king. And um, as this is happening, the man in white is standing behind them. And on the diner, like, uh, window, there's a picture of the devil in a neon sign. Flashing. How did I miss all this? I missed it the first time I saw it too. It was the <laughs> second and third time that I was like, oh, and I understood the concept. I'm going to have to go home and rewatch it yeah, again. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, Maybe it a bit a later of... after this story. Yes. This gets, yeah. Yeah. But... This is fucked up. This is like the equivalent of grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he goes to JJ's work and JJ works at the diner and he just fucking attacks. Yeah. Like he just grabs him and like takes him out the back to like the burner and the furnace. He's oh. just like, I will kill you. And I'm like, where's his colleagues? <laughs> where's JJ's colleagues? <laughs> they go past at least two other chefs. Yeah. And no one steps in. Nobody budges. Nobody cares. 
So he um he almost burns his whole face, or he burns half his face. Yeah, he burns the side of it. And um, then JJ says, "No, nah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where the ring's from. I stole it from my uncle Ben." And uh, Richard's like, "You know, what's his address? I'm I'm gonna go give him a visit." And it's so funny because when he gave him the address, he was like, "It's like Ivy Street. It's the grey house next to the purple house." And he finds it. How the fuck did you find that? Straight away. <laughs> I know, right? must be just one purple one house. One purple house in this street. But, like, what a random way to, like, you know. Describe it. Describe it. Anyway, so he rocks up at Ben's house and approaches Ben and says, where did you get this ring? And Ben's like, that's my ring. And he's like, well, it was my ring first. And then they agree to, you know, both say where they both got the ring from and... Um, this scene reminded me a lot of Kill Bill. Like the beginning of number because, one? Because, no, well, actually, no, in number two. Mm-hmm. You know the scene where they've got Bill and, they're at the church, and they've got Bill yes. and the bride, yeah. and they go back and forth with the feet? Ah. I saw that in this. Wow. Because they go back and forth between the two people, and yeah. they've also got the screen. The screen closing. Yeah. yeah. And that only happened also when the man rocked up. Yeah. 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 Oh, cool that you took that in. I didn't write that down. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. Because they so, go back and forth. Yeah, it yeah. was very much like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, just not feet this time. Just not God. feet. Yeah. <laughs> so many feet oh, this month. Way too many feet. So many feet. Feet everywhere. Um, but... We interrupt this podcast for a quick promo break. But don't stress, we'll be back soon. Ooh, I've been dying to try this place. Oh my god, me too. I've heard such good things about it. Welcome to the Crime Diner. I'm Cindy. I'll be cooking for you this evening. Here are your menus. Ooh, what are you thinking about getting? I don't know. Murder with a side of cannibalism? What about you? Ooh, that sounds good. I'm torn between historical mayhem and the social injustice, maybe? Oh. I just want to let you know that each episode comes with dinner, dessert, and a specialty drink chosen by yours truly. Wine Diner Storytime has had a makeover, and we invite you to slide into the booth with us at the Crime Diner, where each week we will discuss a crime over dinner, drinks, and dessert. See you there! Welcome to They're Terrified and Tipsy. So I'll start. Okay. My name is Courtney. Uh, I love long walks on the beach, Mm -hmm. white wine, and I absolutely love scary movies. And I'm Stephanie. I also love long walks on the beach. I love white wine but i absolutely hate (laughs) scary movies so stephanie Mm -hmm. can i ask you a question please why in the hell would you want to watch scary movies and do a podcast on scary movies when you hate them 
Oh, that's easy um, because you forced me. Mm, that's that's true. <laughs> but you know what? Hmm. There's wine. Yeah, so I'm basically only here for the wine. <laughs> lots and lots of wine. <laughs> We're going to need it. <laughs> well, since we have very different feelings about scary movies, we decided to share our emotional struggles with you all. Yeah, so grab a glass of wine, your mm-hmm. favorite couch blanket, and get comfy and enjoy the ride with us. Also, you can find their Terrified and Tipsy on Instagram and Twitter, plus all the podcast platforms. For links, head over to tipsypod.com. Cheers! See, that wasn't too long. Now back to the episode. Yeah, so he explains, like, it was my ring first, and um, Ben disagrees, and then they're like, well, there's only one way to... To, to, to sort, sort this, this out. out and it is the best fight scene i've seen in the history of cinema it is fantastic so it is like little boys in the playground fighting <laughs> it's the, ridiculous the camera angles of it all just like the faces it's just very comedic it's so comedic <laughs> and matt dylan in it and like the noises that they're making is so so funny and then matt dylan grabs a brick and just and like whacks, whacks ben over the head and then ben spills okay okay don't kill me but I won this ring in a poker tournament. Poker. Mm. Uh, I got this ring from a guy called Johnny Shaw, who seems like a really, really nice guy. And um, oh. so Richard gets the address of Johnny Shaw and goes to Johnny Johnny's Shaw's house. house. And that's when this entire film <laughs> takes a turn. And that's the movie and <laughs> At the <night>. end. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the scene that it's... <clears throat> Yeah, it's going to be really fucked up There's to talk about. A, a bit. There's a few scenes. So, fucked up. just before Richard goes to um, Johnny Shaw's house, he goes into Ben's house and steals a fuckload of shit. Cause yeah. it, oh, no, he doesn't ask for the address. He goes in there and gets and the address book. It. That's mm. right. Uh, he also grabs one of those, like, huge... Um, balls with the spikes that's uh, like on the mantle. Like the medieval There's, like torture yeah. device sort of thing. Yeah, and a gun. And who did he look like when he was walking out of the house? He looked just like Bruce Campbell. He did too! Yeah, we did not hear like, oh my god, he looks just he like Bruce Campbell. He does too. I felt like I was watching Bruce Campbell. When he put the gun over yeah, his Yeah, I, I did like, not even think of that. It's like Ash. It was, That's very odd. They look very similar. They do actually. Extremely similar. Um, so yeah, he's got he's got his weapons ready and off we go to Johnny Shaw's <laughs> house, which I'll just state Johnny Shaw is a cool name. It it's is. A cool name. Like if it's... I was if I was in the Western you, you, Times. When you I'd think of Johnny, Johnny Shaw. Shaw, you don't picture who it is. No. <laughs> it no suit at no all. Way. So we get to Johnny Shaw's house, which is a big house. It's like a very uh, beautiful lot, home. Lots of land, gorgeous, gorgeous home. Lots of silos on the land. Lots, yes, yes. <laughs> 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 so as uh, Richard approaches, he just walks in the front door. He just, he just casually walks home. in. And as he's walking in, um, we, we go into the kitchen and there is all of these women's photos in on a pyramid the on the fridge and his wife's photo a picture of his wife that he took Talk. is on the, the top. very top so as he is approaching we see a man on the couch but we only see the back of him and the man is watching like this weird porn. porno and as it 
switches to the side so we see his face. It's fucking alive. Pleasure ward. Like, in the most... Oh, no. It's just... I wouldn't say gritty. It's like Maniac is pretty... No, he's pretty fucked in Maniac. Yeah, yeah. But he's... Oh, I don't know yeah. how to put it. Is, is it eerie? Yeah, it is. It's, just a, it's very off-putting. It's like, off-putting. The scene is very uncomfortable. The way that he's he is looking in this movie, he looks like a fucking teenage boy. He yeah, looks like just he does. skinny man that... He looks very young. And it, it we, we come to the conclusion that he, Johnny Shaw's not up to great things. Mm. Um, so when we look back at the TV, we realise it's him. That's in the know, porno. These pornos, there's like three women sleeping with him. Why are these three women want to sleep with him? Because he's a little pipsqueak. I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, so Matt Dillon is like, okay, you know, this is the ring. This is my wife's ring. I found it in a pawn shop. Um, and Johnny Shaw is like, I don't know where that ring's from. But then it's like, but where's the fucking picture from? Mm. Because that makes no sense of why is my wife on the fridge <laughs> and why have. You know, after yeah. her ring, and it's so, you know, link it up, buddy. Yeah, it's traced back to you, Mister Shaw. So, um, he decides to get fish hooks and put four of them, opening his mouth up, and then tying the fish it's hooks. It's very the itchy, line. the killer. Oh my god, it is too, isn't mm. it? I didn't even think about yeah, that. That was the first thing I thought of when yeah, I saw shit, that. It was very awesome. itchy. Yeah, that's cool. Um. <laughs> And proceeds to smash his teeth out. Oh! Which oh! I, I can't <laughs> I watch this. Scene. I was like, what the fuck? I can't watch this scene. As soon as you... It's, so, it's almost like he knocks him out and then he wakes up to find the fish hooks in his mouth. Yeah. With the teeth showing. And as soon as that was shown, I'm like, I'm done. Oh, I'm like, something it's... else is coming. This isn't it. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? Like, the first half of the movie was so fun and comedic and the dialogue was so much fun. So funny. And then, like, we get into this and it's like, oh, my God, this is, like, almost torture porn in a way. It's... Like, what the yeah. fuck is this movie? <laughs> and then he's like, I could just beat you up with the ball and the with the spikes, but... That would be boring and you'd die, like, Yeah, like, you just away. die straight away. Yeah. So, I found a hammer and a knife. Yeah. Like and what? Gets right up in there, but oh, like he smashes you, his if teeth. If you've never dealt with tooth pain before, mm. you know, you just know. So, so bad. He then says, "What if Johnny Shaw says, what if um your wife was still alive?" And you know, this is a totally different. Uh, this is the game changer now. And yeah. he says, this uh, is quite the turn." On top of the deer in the living room. Uh, on its on its antlers, a keys. keys. Um, you'll find her in the I think it's like the first stylo, and so Richard goes out the back, and out the back is just fucking stylos galore. Yeah, there's like four or five of them or something. And he goes into the one that Johnny told him to go into, and yeah, there's his wife in a fucking cage naked. Naked. And nothing else is in the silo. Literally it is just nothing else. An Old school dog cage yeah. with her in it. Yeah. And Richard runs up to her and her name's Cindy. And he's like, oh my fucking God, like it's you. And, you know, he opens up the cage and tries to take her out. But she's got severe Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> she's been there for six years. She doesn't want to go anywhere. She's number one. She's number one. 
she's allowed to go in the house two times a week for half half an an hour hour and watch TV. Whoop de fucking do, Basil. Like, how bad was your life before that you want to stay there? How bad have you been treated to the point where you have forgotten your previous life and have been, you know, brainwashed? Like, this is now like the highlight of your life. I think what he was doing was because she says like these little things when um, Mm -hmm. later on in the film that um, to, to Richard, like, oh, you're just like the rest of them. I think that Johnny Shaw has brainwashed them into thinking they're really special Mm -hmm. um, and that every other girl is being treated poorly Mm -hmm. out there and, you know, um, that guys are horrible and he's lovely. He's coming to save you. Yeah, he'll save them and he'll look after them. And uh, especially with towards the end of this segment, Mm. it really puts into perspective, which we'll get to obviously, but it really puts into perspective just how much hold he had over us. Yeah, I reckon he probably used like shock therapy. Shock have to be something. Or shock, like you know, on the temples, or even like a cattle prod, because that's such an easy way to to taunt people and to scare people. You'd have to do something, but there's no like when you look at her mm. before we get further. Yeah. When you look at her, you don't see any like you don't even, you don't even really see bruising they're just dirty they're so fucking filthy she's like sitting there in her own piss and shit and um she, she yeah she does not want to leave she's number one so she's she's content but then once she says that he's like you're number one yeah does that mean there's others there's others and she pretty much tells oh. him to fuck off and she puts herself back in the cage, cage. And she shuts the door and at that point he's like oh my god he runs back into the house where, where Johnny Shaw is and fucks him up even more, but we don't see it. We just hear it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what have you done to my wife? And, you know, she's not the same and da-da-da-da-da. And, um, and then she, that's when, yeah, he goes back out. He's like, yeah, I've killed him. He's dead. Didn't he say he stabbed him? He's like, I st- Yes, yes, because he had the knife with him. He stabbed him with a knife. But he doesn't tell her that yet. No, not yet. She doesn't click. But she, when he runs back to the silo, he's got a knife in his mm-hmm. hand. And he's like, come on, let's go. And then he, he goes into another silo. And when we open up oh, this one, there is a like cages. Pyramid of cages. Pyramid of cages. All I with naked, like dirty women. 15 to 20 women in there. Yeah, there was, because at the bottom of the pyramid... I don't think it was, was that like, big. Yeah, no, the bottom of the pyramid had, like, six cages. Did it? Yeah. There was a lot of women in there. I'm going to have to recount, but I reckon there was about 15 to 20. Yeah, okay, actually, yeah, no, maybe about 15, yeah. yeah. And they're all sitting there, and, like, <clears> they zoom in in these shots, and they all look like dogs. Like, the way that dogs are lying. Yeah, and dogs they're are all like, so poorly. Oh. Yeah, and... Yeah. Uh, when he approaches the cages to get them out, they all kind of back off. Yeah, like, they're all very weary of him. They take forever to get out of the cages. And he's like, so, you know, get out, women. He goes, there's hot water and stuff in the house. Um, go, like, you know, clean yourself up and and whatnot. Um, but then he gets his wife out and, and he puts her in the car and he's trying to put clothes on her and she's explaining that, She's not allowed to wear clothes. Yeah, like, and... what are you doing? Like, yeah, and he's like, I'm number one. I can go in the house. I don't want clothes. Yeah. I don't want to go with you. He's like, like she's she... not a slave. Like, she just kept reiterating the fact that she was number one. Yeah, and 
that he was pretty much going to fuck up, you know, that whole position mm. for her. So he gives her the ring and he says, do you remember your past life? And she says, yes, but I don't think she does. I think she's just like, oh my God, who the fuck is this? Yeah, and I think she's just agreeing with him to... Yeah, yeah. For the circumstances. And I think that Johnny's also put in her head that he he didn't come and look for you. He doesn't care about yeah. you type mentality. No one's and... here to find you. No. no one cares you're gone. Yeah. yeah. And now, you know, oh, in in her mind, oh, he's probably come back because he's got nothing better to do. Now, now he wants me back in his life type thing. And so she mm. doesn't trust him at all. Um, and so... He starts driving away and um, he, you know, it's going to get her help and everything. And she throws the ring out of the window. She takes it off her finger and just yeets it out the window. And they're talking and she starts getting all upset that, you know, she's not number one anymore. And they almost hit a car and they swerve and then as all this is happening she grabs a knife and just starts stabbing the shit, shit out, out of him. him but it's funny because the you car Johnny. the car that they almost hit was raw dog and randy from when they get um driven off the road and into the middle of another field <laughs> yeah yeah which is like <clears throat> such a great scene as well like that field scene they're just like literally sitting there screaming not moving and they Nothing. think they're moving um but um even in one of the first scenes with Raw Dog, when Raw Dog and Randy are about to go um, rob Stanley, Raw Dog's sitting there and he's like, I swear to God, man, I just saw an army of naked zombie women walking past, which is all of the, the women girls. that have just escaped. <laughs> so um, when the car crashes, Cindy is, <laughs> she dead, she's long gone. And it's <laughs> my favorite part. Matt Dillon's not looking too good. So what does he do? He calls, calls the other wife. He calls his other <laughs> wife and he's like, oh, honey, oh, look, baby, I made a mistake. Made a mistake. <laughs> if you turn back now, I think we can make Florida. And she's just like, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> and hangs up the phone. And as soon as she hangs up, he dies and they die together. And it's, it's kind of like a, that tragic love story. And you, you think that scene's over, but no. Along comes a kid on a bike. It's and JJ. finds the ring and it's JJ. It's JJ. And it's like full circle going around. Yeah. So, He's like, I've got the J- ring again. And JJ's face is all burnt on the mm-hmm. side as well. And that is the ring story. And it's it's just very gritty. It's very gross. It's just very out of place. Yeah, extremely out of place. Um, but it's, I really, really like Matt Dillon's performance in that. Matt Dillon just um, he draws me in, I think. And I think after watching also The House That Jack Built. I just swear to really... fucking God, Matt Dillon and Elijah yeah. Wood, they're serial killers in real life, I'm telling you. Yeah, I reckon I'm they telling are. you, there's I something off. There has to be something there. there I mean, Elijah Wood's always been weird. Mm-hmm. Like, even Lord of the Rings, like, as much as I love those films, he's yeah. very odd. Very odd. Very, so, very odd. He and Matt that, Dillon's um... very... He's a little too good at these roles. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Elijah would plays that very like you know, uh, incognito yes killer yes and you wouldn't spot him straight away yes. but as clues you know go on you're just like oh how it also we miss shows it? in other films where he's not meant to be like that or or sort of ties in which um, mm. I don't know if you saw this one or not but Daddy's Home no oh like with Will Ferrell no different one. I think it's Daddy's Home Daddy something Daddy. Come, come to that, come here, daddy. 
No, it's a new one with uh-huh. a newer one with Elijah Wood in it as well. Uh-huh. And you watch it and you just get odd. He just has really odd vibes. I'm gonna have to watch. I'm gonna have to go through an Elijah rabbit hole, I think, because I, I really Daddy's do like going. him as an actor. But Daddy's here. There's something to do with this dad. <laughs> something to do with dad. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look into it. We'll we'll get oh, back to that one. Mental blank. <laughs> so then we go to our last tie-in story, which is the medallion, and poor Ricky. <laughs> He's, he's lost his girlfriend. So many he's odd scenes in this got no, Literally no money for fucking anything. anything. And um, his car starts breaking down and he's like talking about, like, come on, baby, don't you do me like this. <laughs> don't you do me like this. And he's like holding his medallion and praying and nah. The car, <laughs> the car, car does not dies. give a shit. And he goes to the pawn shop to pawn his medallion, who he claims is owned by the king. Real medallion. Which I don't think he's lying. I think he's actually telling the truth because he gets a bit for it. And he's actually surprised how much he gets, he gets for, for it. it. This is like the most that Elton, the pawn shop owner, he's like given over yeah. to anybody. And he's such a tight ass. Like mm-hmm. he, he doesn't like go above like. But he checks it for like two seconds. Two and seconds. then he's like, oh yeah, cool, it's real. And that's what, <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Like that's when he knows, like, yeah, this is real. So he's like, oh, I'll give you 200 for it. And Ricky's like, oh, 200? Like, that, that's good. <laughs> and, like, obviously, yeah, that's fantastic when you literally can't afford to afford eat anything. or anything. So he's like, yep, sweet. And he's telling them, like, I'm doing a show. <laughs> you know, you should come and uh, check me out and everything like that. And he, at this point, his suit is more dirty than what it was at the it's fucking gross. beginning. It's like, it's like brown <laughs> at this point. It's so, so gross. So, um... He gets his two hundred dollars and he thinks, oh, you know, I better better scrub myself up and uh, look good for me gig tonight. And he's got a bit of stubble and he's like, oh, we can't have that. So he goes into town to these to a barber shop, but there's one barber shop and there's another barber shop. And as it's approaching the barber shop, all these people start to flock and just watch him. <laughs> like, and, is he going to docks or is yeah. he going to cooks? Is he going to docks barber shop? Why would you go to Cook's Barbershop? And he picks Doc's Barbershop. <laughs> the crowd starts like, cheering. The cl- yeah, the crowd's just cheering. And it's like, what the fuck's going on? Like, why are there all these people? So he goes into Doc's and there's the man, Doc. And then there's, you know, four like of the old gentlemen that always, you know, are sitting around barbershops. And mm. he sits down and as soon as Doc starts shaving him, he shaves like a slice of his sideburn. The Elvis famous sideburns and he's like what the, the fuck, fuck are you doing <laughs> and cracks it and he's just like that nah, stuff this like you are shonky i'm gonna go to the other barbershop um you know where they're not gonna fuck up my my sideburns so he walks out of docks and goes into cooks <laughs> and as he goes into cooks there's a riot forming outside <laughs> West Side Story is happening right here. Like, <laughs> what side do we pick? So we go to Cook's and he sits down in the chair and he begins to explain that, what the you know, hopefully he'll do a better job than the guy at Doc's because the guy at Doc's has just shaved his side bird off and then everything gets serious and Cook's like, hang do on I a look second. like sloppy seconds to you? Yeah, am I sloppy seconds? <laughs> you went to Doc's first and he went, yeah, and like he butchered up my face and so I came here 
And so what does Cook do? Cook slices, slices across the, the neck. <laughs> it's just like, you're either a duck man or a cooked man. And like, the riot outside <laughs> at this going. point has just gotten so severe. Like, people are knocking <laughs> each other out. And Ricky's like, what the fuck have you just done? Like, he's shocked. So he's you like, cut me. You cut me. And um, he leaves the barbershop, but like the other guys get up to fight him and Ricky like brings out the moves of the king, you know, karate. <laughs> and legs it and gets in his car and drives off. And it's so great because the riot's still going still on. Going. <laughs> so that night Ricky goes to um, the crossroads. <laughs> you know what the riot reminds me of? What? Like not necessarily the riot, but like before the riot when they're all standing there. Yeah. It's very rubber. When they're all oh, watching yeah. the film. <laughs> it's true. It is true. Oh, Rub is another. Oh, that's another Scotty Cobb. Sarcastic, silly, fun. Oh, we films. have some doozies coming later. Yeah. Robert, Robert the Tire is great. <laughs> <laughs> he has a name. Um, so, yeah, that night Ricky goes to uh, the crossroads and there's a man sitting there playing guitar. And if anybody knows about, you know, blues singers and crossroads, uh, Robert Johnson, who was a real blues player, um, it's legend has it that he sold his soul to the devil, the devil to become like the greatest blues player. And um, so as we're standing there, Ricky's listening to this guy play guitar and the man in white just shows up behind him out of nowhere. Yeah, the same one from the diner. And um, pretty much saying that he'll he'll help him out and give him all of his wishes and everything. Uh, just just for, for one thing. And that is his soul. It's very, very um But he has to call uh, <laughs> The best part is after that, though, he's like, hold on, I'll make a call. Hey, mama. Hey, mom. <laughs> he has to, like, get the approval from his <laughs> mom. mom. And his mom's, like, a huge Elvis oh, fanatic yeah. as well. <laughs> it just makes me, like, ponder on... What was his upbringing like? Yeah, I know. <laughs> was his upbringing just like, you know, the king every day? Could you imagine and... it'd be one of those places where you walk in, but it's like a museum? Oh, my God. And there'd God. be like Elvis memorabilia all over the walls. Yeah, most likely. Just everywhere, you know. You House couldn't escape Memphis, it. Like... Yeah, yeah, you couldn't escape it. Um, so, yeah, he like talks to his mum about selling his soul and he turns back to the man in white and says, oh, look, you know, I'll... Uh, I'll, I'll get back to you and um, where is that, the little diner, um, the address is like 666 and yeah. he starts realising, fuck, you know, this is this is the devil. I think it's the devil, Mark. Yeah, and, um, you know, to, to sell his soul or not to sell his soul, that is the question. So he, um, after that, goes to the fair and is about to put on his show. And this fair is shit. <laughs> this fair is so bad. There's like no one there. So strange. Um, his like green room is next to a donkey. <laughs> Out Just in the back. Yeah, like with that, all of the hay. And um, he like, you know, is, is doing like a quick, quick, you know, brush and a shave and getting all ready. And as he's coming on stage, he has like a little boom box. It's like the tiniest thing I've ever seen. The smallest boom box ever. And he's got cassette tapes and his sign won't even work. His sign <laughs> keeps going out. Is, but too old Oh, yeah. And he's got, like, these stage technicians <laughs> that come out with, like, sparklers and torches. And he's like, oh, more up on the face, more up on the face. <laughs> Just, like, the two 
oldest little ladies that are just standing there shining torches on him. The amount of sparklers that are brought out and don't work. <laughs> and so it's just like already started really badly. The suit is just absolutely di- so dirty Darcy. at this point. And um, his uh, cassette tape just completely conks it and, you know, all of the tape has come out and he gets his second tape and he's just looking into the crowd and no one's there and and it's just, it's sad and it's cringy and it's, you know, this is all he wanted to be. And he looks up again and he sees the man in white the and he points to him and says, I accept your offer. offer. And as soon as he says that, his suit is white and the sign is lit up. The sign's lit up and his it's backing really singers backing come singers. up on the stage. And <laughs> you some backup singers, honey? <laughs> as soon as he starts singing, he starts singing Amazing Grace. He has the voice of Elvis. He is literally he is now. Elvis. Brendan Fraser is Elvis. Elvis Presley. Conspiracy. Conspiracy. <laughs> I know, right? But he's literally the best Elvis Presley impersonator ever and it brings in everybody from the carnival um but then as that's going on you're seeing fireworks behind him as as that's going on there's this there's this fireworks behind him and a big explosion and it's literally right behind the fair is the meth house so being like this is the time that the meth house exploded and that's like, you know, kind of like putting on a show, show. for his show. You wouldn't know that it was a house exploding. You would think it was like the pyrotechnics. Yeah. And then that's all going of the on. naked women, the kidnapped na- naked women walk into the fair and they walk up to like this flag shop and this guy just starts giving them American flags. Like you can't be walking around yeah, like that. You can't be walking around here naked. So he starts like dressing them in American, American flags, flags and, you know, wrapping them all up in the American flags. And as the performance is going, they all just come to the, the stage. stage. They're like drawn in by Elvis, and they all just stand at the stage wearing these American and flags, they're, they're facing towards the crowd. They're not yeah. even watching and the show. As 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 Elvis is, you know, performing, he goes up to these women and he's like, mm, "Oh, he smells. He them. smells them. He's like, mm, you smell a little funky, honey." <laughs> Oh my god, like what is with these women? <laughs> and so he finishes his, his performance and he gets like this this you know huge ovation and as soon as he gets off stage, the guy that manages the county fair wants to book him for every Everything. fair now and paid gigs and it's what he's always wanted. He's he's made it, he's the best Elvis impersonator ever. And um Teresa, his girlfriend, comes back and she's like, oh, you're successful now and I want to be with you and let's just go home. And he's like, honey, no, I, I don't stay at home. I, this life is, is mine. You laugh now and I'm like, off. I don't need you anymore. I don't need you anymore. And just before he talks to Teresa, though, he turns around to the guy that is running the fair and he's like, oh, you know, cool that you brought all these ladies in the American flag on. And he's like, Oh, I thought they were with you. And he's like, Oh, I thought they were with, with you. you. And then after he talks to Teresa and says, like, I don't want you anymore, a man approaches Teresa and says that he can stay or she can stay with him. And it's fucking Elijah Johnny Shaw. Wood. He's not dead and he looks like a fucking walking corpse. He looks so he's fucking creepy gross. as fuck. And she says yes and 
Then he turns around to the girls and he's, he's like, like, come oh, on, girls, let's go. I was go. wondering where you were. Yeah, and I was clicks. Looking, yeah. And it's like, come on, we all get in the truck. And they all just get information and start following get him Get information. Out. Okay, ladies, now let's, let's get, get information. information. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these poor girls. <laughs> and then, so Teresa goes with Johnny and the rest of these women back to Johnny's house. And oh. then we think that's the end of the film. But it's not just the end just yet. So we go back to the pawn shop and the fucking <laughs> truck rocks up. The fucking huge black truck rocks up and the owner of the truck comes in to comf- you know, start a fight with Elton. such a random thing to add. And it's just like this tiny little midget man. <laughs> with a baseball bat. With a baseball bat and he's like fucking ready to go. And Elton's like, what the fuck? black car in this tiny tiny little man and then the little man gets suit. like yeeted with a shovel from someone that walks in the door and it's JJ and JJ's here to pawn the, the ring. ring and he pawns it for the original price that he got it in the first place which was $40 <laughs> and then so yeah he's got his $40 and then Elton leaves and they lock up the pawn shop and that is the and and that literally was a day in the pawn shop. One of the most dangerous, you know, it was the craziest ever. movies. And then, dun dun dun. dun dun dun. I didn't know that there was a scene after the credits, and this is the first time I saw the scene last night. You've seen this movie oh, so many times. I've seen it so many times, know. and I was like, please don't link up with the gross stuff in the movie. But of course, <laughs> and it did, and it is. The pyramid on the fridge, and now at the top of the pyramid is Teresa, and you hear Teresa saying how much she loves Johnny in the background, and then that's the that's oh, the, the real ending, so and that creeped me out so much because I was like, "Ew, she's number one now. This cycle is still going, Ugh. and I wish it wasn't. I really wish he had died, but like that was kind of a twist ending. Yeah, thought he had you know died. You, you do like he even said like Richard earlier even goes, yeah. he's dead. Yeah, I've killed him." Yeah. And now all of a sudden, he's back. He's back. He's not oh. dead. He looks like a fucking corpse. I don't know how he's not dead. He's been stabbed. He's had his teeth knocked out. He's like literally blue in the face. <laughs> but he has mustered up the strength to go back and get his girls. Like, what the fuck, so dude? Gross. It's so fucked up. Um, but that is the Porn Shop Chronicles, Chronicles. in a nutshell with Jess Nebs. <laughs> and I... I would rate this film, I, I give it an 8. I fucking love this film so, so, so much. Every yeah, time I, I watch it, I take in more. That's just, that That was what I was about to say. Like, I definitely need to re-watch this a few times. Yeah. Because half of what you just mentioned, I don't even remember or recall saying. It's um, it's on YouTube for anyone that wants to watch it uh, in full. I don't know if the, the credit, after credit scene is there. Yeah, I'll I didn't even think to watch, so I have no idea if it yeah, was no, I. That. Oh, but also the thing is, I would always just turn it off after, like, w- like when the credits Yeah. Played, there was bloopers. There's a whole blooper reel. What? I know. And then there's the I end scene. I didn't watch any of that. No, that was the first time that I saw all of it. <sighs> I but love it and cool. hate end credit scenes for that reason. Yeah. Because you don't know, like, you go through so many films. Yeah. And you're like, do I really have to sit here for, like, three minutes of credits? Oh, I know. I know. And then just to watch this, it may or may not be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um... I'm sad about this film because this film did not make a lot of money. Like, it didn't get this big... Um, yeah, well, I tried to... Hurrah that it should um, have gotten. ...research it mm. before, like, after I watched it, I tried to research it. 
not many people have spoken about this film. Nah. We um just And those who have didn't like it. Nah. And you'd think with the cast yeah. that it would have been a really <clears> big <throat> film. It just wasn't uh, it wasn't distributed that much and it was playing it like small independent films. I don't films. think it was marketed well. No, it wasn't. And it, it stayed in cinemas for like only a few weeks and that was it. But What did you give it? An 8? I give it an 8. I love this film. Yeah, it'd be about a 7. Yeah. Hmm. I, after I watched Pawn Shop Chronicles, I watched a bit of Pop Fiction last night just because I was like, ooh, just dialogue mostly. I just really yeah. liked listening to the dialogue. Um, but I'd also... Me, me and my partner were talking before um, how much we'd love to see, like, another one with the same guys running the pawn shop. But, like, that would be cool. Different, different stories. Premise. So, like, maybe that movie could be really, really big in Hollywood. And then you've got, like, mm. that one that, you know, if you watch that one, people are like, have you seen the first Pawn Shop Chronicles? That's, like, what? That would be a good idea. That would be so much fun to watch. You could do, watch. like, a trilogy of them. You could. You could. You could easily do that. Three, then it gets over, like... Overdone, but, but it could totally do so many different stories. It literally takes place in a day. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> at the beginning, yeah, he's like, you know, being a pawn shop owner is like one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. And I totally understand why. Yeah. <laughs> because that was a day. <laughs> that was work. crazy. That was too much for me to handle. Um, but yeah, even the just small dialogue scenes with Elton and Johnson, like it was, it was very, very um, Vincent and Jules. It was very. Um, you know, I don't agree with you on this subject, but hey, we're friends, and you know, that that it was funny that's the way the cookie crumbles type thing. We, like when we first spoke before we started recording, I even said to you, I didn't really get many references or links, and then the more I thought about it, I'm like, hold on, mm. I do. Well, like even with um, the Kill Bill one, mm. like I definitely see the homage to Tarantino as a whole, as yeah. opposed to like. One of the reviews I read, someone said that it was like a southern fried ground, uh, grindhouse. Yeah. And I was like, that's the perfect way to fucking put it. It really is. It's like... Yeah, it's so... You, the, the, all over the, the place. The three stories are so <laughs> different. So, so different. But I just but love the way they, they link, tie up, yeah. Um, to, to themselves. And so, obviously, at the beginning when we saw Johnny Blooms, uh, that was Johnny's truck. He obviously has like a flower business. And in the back of the truck was his... The, next the girl, kid, yeah. um, you know, kidnapped victim. But it's funny because we did didn't see her anywhere in the in the cages. He would obviously have her somewhere else because he would obviously have to break his victims before putting them the with cage. everybody else. Because I think one of his fears would be them all ganging up on him. Yeah, and which they never do. Even when they're out, they never gang up. No, on him. they look at him like a god. Yeah, which is so fucking scary. Gross. Um. But, yeah, it's just a, a different film if you're into all of those type of, you know, crazy dialogue and, and just literally just pure you, fucking craziness. If you're into Tarantino, just Yeah, if you're into watch Tarantino, it. watch it. You'll really enjoy it. Um, it was Paul Walker's last movie. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so this came out after Fast and Furious? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, yeah, it was... Um, there was It's just a fun watch, and it's a fun watch to watch with friends, especially... Mm -hmm when it does get to that second bit, no one's expecting it. And it's like, oh my God. It I watched it by myself. Um, the lounge room was dead fucking quiet. Yeah. And did not see it coming. No, no, no one sees it coming. <laughs> no. But, um, yeah. <laughs> it's a change of pace. So that was Pawn Shop Chronicles, my darlings. And um, next week, we're going to have a lot more fun for you as well. We won't give too much away, no. but it's going to be... 
bit of a another double feature yeah back to the grind i might say mm. back to the grind um but in saying that if uh you guys follow us on social media You'll know that there's a Tarantino tournament going on at mm-hmm. the moment. There sure is. And we want everyone to participate as much as you possibly can. Because round one, do. at the time of this recording, has just finished. Yep. And holy cow, those results. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, my heart's broken, but it is what it is. I won't yeah. give anything away. Yeah. So, um, my lovelies, we will see you next week. Uh, lots of fun in store. Get your snacks ready for next week. And we will see you then. Bye. Hey, it's Ebony here, and I'm here to let you know that if you've enjoyed this episode of the Gruesome Twosome Movie Reviewsome, you can find us on other platforms. That's right, we are on Spotify, Apple, Good Pods, and more. You can also follow us on social media at G-R-U-E-T-W-O underscore movies. Gru2 underscore movies. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Hope to see you there.